we're back. <laughs> back at We've it been again. brought back. Yeah. <laughs> the people We've demanded it. We've been brought it. back. Yes. Yeah, we, a we, people. There was, <laughs> there was a man. One man <laughs> demanded it. We come in peace, love, and rage. <laughs> oh, I'm already annoyed. Um, well, you know, welcome to What Did You Learn with Link and Monica. I'm Monica Scott. Oh, oh, it is just one of those days. And if it's one of those days. I don't mind it. I, uh, yeah, I, I can't believe it. But, uh, you know, I, I came away from this documentary with a, a very high opinion of, at the very least, uh, the lead singer of Corn and uh, the Offspring guys. <laughs> Which I wasn't oh, yeah. prepared for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I also felt like fiercely defensive about Fred Durst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's just because he's got that soft Owen Wilson hair now. You know. Well, I, you know, what's funny is when I was watching. So we, okay, hello, welcome to What Did You Learn? That's Luke. This oh, is yeah. Rivers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hola. <laughs> uh uh we watched the woodstock 99 documentary um peace love and rage music box peace whatever whatever uh you get it you guys get it it's on hbo max um uh yeah so uh when i was watching this movie i was joking about how fred durst had to style himself the way that he did in the 90s because he's really pretty. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's got really like pretty soft features. <laughs> and the new hairstyle and like the photos of him that I've seen, like, it's like, oh, he's leaning into like, he looks like he was painted by a Dutch master. <laughs> wow, I've never considered that before, but I think you you're right. would have worked great in the 80s then, if you yeah. had been around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I truly don't know anything about Fred Durst's like backstory or why he was so aggressive. Um, like why his music was so aggressive. Because mm-hmm. um, I know like the corn guy basically was like working out childhood traumas in his albums. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a little more, he's the most enlightened of the new metal guys, I think. Jonathan, Jonathan David. Davis. Yeah. Um, well, what were your guys' uh, first impressions of I mean, this movie? If we're going to talk about, you know, Jonathan Davis being the most enlightened of them, that was one thing that stood out to me was I mean, fucking, I think it was fucking Moby who brought this up. Oh, We boy. can talk about him a whole lot. Oh, I, I think most of what I have written <laughs> is just about Moby. But about how I think he made the comparison where he was, he was trying to say that, like, the generation of rock before this was all like, let's all get along and, you know, we're all happy together. And it's, which is such horse shit. Yeah. I think, like, I yeah, think not him, true. I think <laughs> him and Kurt Cobain had the same childhood. Like that's, they have the same subject matter. Whether you like the sound or not is, is, uh, you know, doesn't matter. The yeah. topics are sort of the same in those two bands. It's like my fucking childhood was a nightmare. It's yeah. Well, well, it's also like, I mean, if this movie was made in the nineties about the eighties and about their rock, it would have been about satanic panic. Yeah. And Metallica, Megadeth, yeah. Slayer and Anthrax. Like, it wasn't 
like this, oh, we're all going to fucking hug each other and whatever shit. But like, yeah. But totally. the way the way he did that in order to compare it to new metal as new metal being like this regressive Republican music and it's like I no that's not what it is like if if yeah. there's a I mean well first some off, of it some, some of it well yeah <laughs> yes Kid Rock I was gonna say yeah Kid, we, but we, the we, thing is like <laughs> what they did is that they lumped Kid Rock Limp Biscuit <laughs> and Rage Against the Machine yes, literally into one true, sentence very true those could not be more different. <laughs> <laughs> That's very yeah, true. Yeah, truly. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, Kid well, Rock is... Well, and, go ahead. Yeah. And even just... Oh, no. Well, I was just going to say the conceit of this movie, or, like, the agenda this movie is pushing mm-hmm. is that narrative, whatever, whatever you want to call it, whatever this movie is pushing is the idea that new metal... Which is not a genre I like. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I can't believe this movie has put pushed me into this corner but welcome <laughs> i'm uh, you know i mean you know i was I'm 16 com- I, I, like when this uh, i was gonna say i'm coming around the mountain on new metal unfortunately <laughs> yeah, it's about it's goddamn fine. time guys <laughs> luke's luke's big episode Dude, um, yeah for me, me and carter uh during the uh during the pandemic definitely rode around and listened to some uh listen to some follow the leader i'm not gonna lie it was Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's like this agenda of of new metal and its fans are the problem and are the central issue to why Woodstock '99 devolved into what it did uh, is not true. And also, like, so I spent the last like hour looking up all the other festival lineups from 1999. Yeah. It's like. Then why didn't this happen at Ozfest? Yes. Why didn't this, summer why didn't sanitarium? This yeah. yeah. <laughs> why didn't this happen at the Family Values tour or that Metallica tour? Yeah. Or or um, Warp tour? Like all, there are all these other shows that had new metal. It was all new metal. Most of the Woodstock lineup is jam bands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like not, there, there are arguably more jam bands on the lineup than there are new metal bands. And there's like some post grunge and like, you know, it's just, it's just one of those whatever's popular things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not, it, it really makes me mad. It, it like, it's, it feels so snobby and like i don't know it doesn't classist and elitist don't feel like the right words because these dudes aren't like poor right right (laughs) but there is something snobby about like the idea that it's it's like when people dunk on like juggalos or something yeah yeah exactly just because they like look easy weird yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean doesn't mean they're bad like they're not they seem nice yeah yeah <laughs> leave them alone yeah um and it, this is like i wish this movie was about a failure of event production the way the fire festival movies are yeah well they they because make they that's make, what happened yeah, yeah. And, they, and they make like references to it there's definitely some people that sort of stick up for that uh idea throughout but it's so funny that like I think right when I started watching this, I texted both of y'all and I said that like Moby is the villain of this film, but, <laughs> but that's before they rolled out that concert promoter, John Schur, Ooh, yeah. who uh, nothing he said Jesus. was every, I should say everything he said was 
morally objectionable. Like he was like, oh, well, you know, they can expect to be, uh, you know, sexually assaulted because they were all naked. There's there was that, which was like the, the, you know, the big, you know, on fire, obvious fucked up thing he said. But also he was also the guy that was just like Fred Durst started a riot at my festival. And I had this and I had this was Fred Durst's fault. Yeah. And I had the same reaction as you. I'm like, those dudes play shows giant shows of all white dudes in Croatia and Germany and fucking a million other places. And this never happens there because Europeans know how to organize goddamn festivals. You know, it's yeah. like somehow Limp Biscuit has had what at this point, a goddamn near like almost 30 year career, 25 year career. And this has only happened one time. And it was at your dumbass festival where you baked a bunch of idiots in the sun. Like, what did you think? Yeah. yeah. It's like the common denominator is only you. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And I hate, I, I hate that. I, I, you know, I sit here, you know, defending <laughs> fucking Fred Durst, but my God, I, I, you're right. I felt, I felt bad for him the way I felt bad for the Mexican me- metal musician in uh, the hotel Cecil documentary documentary where i'm just like i mean he just likes to be spooky you know <laughs> leave like, him alone leave him alone let him be spooky and in this case it's like he's a douchebag let leave him alone you hired him because he, that's his thing like and that's what was popular at the time and then just there's so much like there was a scene that they showed i also watched a bunch of like woodstock 99 clips of like performances to yeah. like i was like what 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 was going on like and I watched the Wyclef Jean performance and they like cut out him telling the crowd to throw bottles at him. Whoa. He, he told the crowd to do that. So now in this movie, they're like, yeah. And also these white guys, these angry white guys, like they didn't like that. He pretended to be Jimi Hendrix because they're too stupid. They don't know who that is. Right. Like, right. They're implying this is a sea of morons. Right. And it's like, <laughs> He told them to throw the bottles. Yeah. It was supposed to be like this punky, edgy moment. So it's like, (laughs) this movie is so frustrating. Yeah. Well, I I like the suggestion as a person who grew up in a college town that that white college kids don't know who Jimi Hendrix is, is so funny to me because it's like, they know, they get it. Uh, Yeah. Although, tell tell that to the poster manufacturers. Okay. uh, Yeah. Now, that was hilarious when they did show the guy who they were like, who did the Star Spangled Banner, the Star Spangled Banner at the original Woodstock? And the guy was like, "Uh, John something. And he's literally (laughs) standing under the biggest picture of Jimi Hendrix I've ever seen. Yeah. Like a straight up 20 foot tall portrait of the man with his name labeled that that was great but also not indicative of like white college dumbasses because yeah. they know who the fuck Jimi yeah. Hendrix is and they really tried to like boil it all down to just like it's aggressive and it's like that can be said about so many types of music outside of new metal yeah and yeah. it's like the only way that they could again lump Kid Rock, yeah. Rage Against the Machine, and Limp Biscuit together. Right, right. Which is and uh, and Corn and like all these other yeah. like groups who they're all loud. That's kind of their yeah. that's the only common denominator. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and like, popular. They were popular. Yeah, they were yeah. they were loud, popular bands. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Like that part just it aggravated me in this way when they tried to to frame it in that way where it's like I I think if there's I mean if there's a critic 
if there's a criticism that can be levied against <laughs> new metal, if there is, <laughs> it's that it's about nothing. Yeah, it's it, not. It yeah, Republic. Like, <laughs> what is any of Limp Bizkit's song about? Yeah, like that Nookie. I guess is has a subject, but right. none of the rest of them do. Yeah, I did love <laughs> and and perfectly in line with what you just said about how it's about nothing. The guys arrhythmically banging on the trash cans yeah. was like I, I was like that's the whole goddamn thing it's yeah. just a bunch of people with nothing to do just banging on trash cans essentially like and the guy the one guy like switches it up and starts just bashing his head <laughs> yeah. and it's not a drum circle like you know again I find myself in the weird position of defending hippies but at least their drum circles there is yeah. <laughs> They're attempting to play in rhythm. This was just like the purpose was just to make a bunch of goddamn racket, which is, uh, you know, it was perfect. It reminded me like one of my citizen updates uh, during the early days of the pandemic was it popped up and citizen was like, it was like woman beating car with stick outside 45 feet away or whatever and i'm just like that's the beginning of 2001 the monkey has found the bone <laughs> and they're just fucking bashing a rock for no goddamn reason and that's what this the trash can guys were i was just like this is so funny citizen Woman update outside yeah. has her reasons yeah. <laughs> black obelisk found in soccer field yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah this was uh uh i i i wanted to mention uh moby uh because we've we've referenced him twice and i just want to i want to dig in because let's dig in i saw him I, what was your reaction when he popped up on the screen monica because i i don't know if you keep up with uh with moby but uh i was <laughs> under the impression that uh he got uh you know kind of uh at least shuffled off the internet by uh picking a fight with natalie portman <laughs> Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say, like, canceled necessarily, but basically he was like, yeah, I dated Natalie Portman for... A, he wrote this oh, book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that uh, that, that was oh, the thing. I was like, did people oh, forget? this is sounding familiar. <laughs> yeah, uh, so his book is literally called Then It All Fell Apart. <laughs> And he uh, claimed that uh, he dated Natalie Portman when she was 20, uh, to which Natalie Portman said, like, no, not really. We hung out. And also, I was 18 at the time, uh, a full 16 years younger than Moby. Uh, and he uh, he ended up having to write on Instagram, I'm going to go away for a while. But before I do, I want to apologize again. Clearly, this has all been my own fault. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, and then, and, and so, I mean, I, I do not like this man. I know. And uh, also, uh, uh, he has, uh, some, some tattoos with some opinions, uh, that I actually did a little deep dive to yeah. find out what they say. Cause he had two, uh, you know, big, doesn't he have vegan like on his arm? Yeah. His vegan arms, or something? his arms say vegan for life. Uh, and then, uh, or no, I'm sorry. His arms say animal rights and one side of his neck says vegan for life. And the other side says, protect the innocent, defend the vulnerable. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, it's like he did to Natalie Portman, which he was, uh, barely not a child anymore <laughs> <laughs> in a legal sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, Moby, I, I don't like Moby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever his music, his music was like, whatever. I, I guess I, I think I remember liking the singles when they were out and listening to them. Uh, I don't. I won't turn off a Moby song. But if you're in uh, the elevator at the W Hotel and one comes on, because that's yeah. where they are exclusively played. 
I won't scream um, and hit open door. Yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. But, like, although the tattoos and, like, the book title and just kind of, like, his overall demeanor, public-facing demeanor is so, like, sad boy cosplaying as tough guy. Yeah. That, like, well. It's, Oh, sickening. Well, but but also like trying to play like sensitive guy. Like he's a he is the John the Baptist to John Mayer's Jesus in terms of like creepy Hollywood guys. Uh, like you know he he was the original. He was he was a a, a, a portent of things to come as far as just like predatory <laughs> musicians that everyone in Hollywood is like stay the fuck away from this dude. Uh, but you know I I did um, once at an event uh, that I was working at an old job i had to um i had to stock his green room and i had his rider and it had seven loaves of vegan bread on it i uh for like a two-hour dj set (laughs) uh and it was from a specific bakery like in malibu so we had to like send an intern to go get Holy to shit. go get him his loaves of bread um and then i remember that when he showed up at the event he showed up in a limo and came in through the front door which like zero percent of the performers did that oh that that's i mean i, I don't know hats off that's that's such a douchey <laughs> move was, that i almost respect it <laughs> i'm not done describing it <laughs> It was a Halloween party. Oh, God. I don't remember what he was dressed as, but I do not feel that it matched his dates, uh, which were like eight girls. Who knows how they had to. I guess they were at least 21 because they got in the building. Jesus. But, uh, uh, you know, eight just like totally hot young girls dressed in little two piece um sailor outfits <laughs> oh my god they were all dressed the same whoa yes what the fuck <laughs> and i thought when he did that i was like oh i wonder if they're like perf- like he hired these girls to be like dancers or to perform on stage while he's doing his dj set they hung out in his green room the whole time he was on whoa stage. whoa what the fuck <laughs> and he wasn't dressed like captain morgan or something I- not that I remember. I, I don't remember that part. Like, I can't remember what he was dressed as at all. But oh, God. I, this, I just, I was like working the front door at this event <laughs> <laughs> that night. And uh, I just remember him pulling up with the sailors. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> the, the scene in this documentary of him being mad that his name is not on the poster gave me such sick satisfaction (laughs) i was like good i'm glad that oleander made the flyer and you didn't (laughs) you fucking idiot and he was being such a bitch about it like who's even heard let's count and see who's heard of any of these like ew yeah what a fucking loser yeah yeah that fucking problem with buck cherry man i mean granted buck Buck cherry wasn't like huge at that point you know so that was a name that stuck out but still i was just like i feel like 
if you're putting me in the position to be like, hey, man, leave Buck Cherry alone, (laughs) you're an asshole. (laughs) Like, (laughs) again, this movie has really pushed us into a weird. I'm telling you, I don't, I find myself defending things that I would never do normally. Well, in like the tone of this movie is as if, like, a big problem, I think, with this movie is that it is commenting on 1999 events through a 2021 lens without making any like recognition to that fact, like any other thing where they would be talking about a historical event, they'd be like, well, now we know like not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that these are common sense things like saying the N word or sexually assaulting someone. Right. Right. (laughs) But at the time in culture, I, I don't know. It wasn't totally, it just was not the same as it is now. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's And to make reference to the stuff without like saying like, Oh, and you know, I don't think this would happen today. Like they just, there was no reference made. <laughs> it really bugged me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. It was funny. Cause you know, Luke and I uh, did the 1999 episode of the goods from the woods. And like they hit, goddamn near every point that we hit in that thing the only thing they didn't mention was fred durst blowing up the boat at spring break 99 uh, oh man which is uh fucking hilarious go back and listen to that episode because we talked about it because the boat was so shitty it was it looked like they bought the boat for 500 dollars. like it wasn't like it was a yacht or anything like grand it was just like a like a glorified dinghy like catamaran basically <laughs> And then I found just because when I do those year episodes, I like to just research the dates because they're very interesting to me. And we yeah. and for those that haven't listened to the episode, I found out that Fred Durst blew up the boat at Spring Break '99 on MTV's Beach House, and 24 hours later is when Napster launched. And it was just like this, like thing. I was just like, my, I, like I, I was just like seeing star systems and and galaxies in my head. I was just like. <laughs> That's fucking crazy that they made this whole event and it was like Fred Durst was like the fucking, you know, the arbiter of the apocalypse in that moment for the music industry. It's like, this is the high watermark and it, and it ends with Fred Durst exploding a shitty boat on MTV. It was just fucking amazing. And no, no one's made and a documentary like, about that and it's time. Wasn't, wasn't that, is 1999 the year that is sort of like heralded as the last year of the recording industry. Kind of. It's the high water yeah. mark. It's definitely the high water yes. mark. Cause they would, that would be the year that, you know, the fucking millennium by the backstreet boys would launch. Uh, yeah. tonight the stars revolt by power man. 5,000 went platinum. That yeah, year. yeah, exactly. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. a per- I mean, you know, no disrespect to power man, but they sold a million fucking power man sold a million albums, you know, like, uh, all the bands on this lineup sold millions of records and that would just never happen again. Every year that, that, yeah. uh, that digital media just continued on was just like going down and down and down. So that, that was, you know, that was uh, what does Hunter Thompson say? You could see the you could see that if you go stand on a place high up above uh, Woodstock 99, you could see the place where the wave broke and rolled back into the sea. Uh, there's the high <laughs> water mark still there. And it was this fucking summer. Man, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. What a crazy year. I mean, I would love. Yeah, I would love just a regular documentary that is called 1999. That it, that has to exist. Well, so you know what's funny? <laughs> As it's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Well, you know what's fucking crazy is like because I was research, I was trying to research that episode uh, a couple years back, and they did 
like for the I think it was for like New Year's 1999 uh, VH1 did 1999 behind the music where they just covered the whole oh, year yeah. but they only had and I'm pretty sure it came out like around New Year's so they didn't even have the time to like reflect on anything and I cannot find that fucking episode anywhere the only thing I can find is uh, on Daily Motion there is a Spanish language dub where you can't hear anything because they've dubbed the whole fucking thing in Spanish so <laughs> I was like give me some subtitles at least if we're going to do Espanol but yeah so what, <laughs> if somebody has access to that fucking tweet at me at Rivers Langley I'd love to see it but I do remember watching it and one of the things was like the way they summed it up was they were like they were like 1999 was just like Seinfeld. It didn't mean anything, but, uh, you know, we all had a good time. That was like, <laughs> that was how they summed it up. And it should be noted that Seinfeld ended in 1998 and not 1999. That's uh, so funny, though. Yeah. That's a really good sentence either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you remember this event, bo- both of y'all, like when it was going on? Like you said you were 16. I think I was like uh, either. Yeah, I guess I was. I turned 13 that summer. Uh, so I, I remember I remember the MTV News thing. Yeah. yeah them, that, bre- them breaking in and be- talking like showing the fires and stuff. But that's kind of all I remember about it. Yeah. I remember they had some very primitive version of like a webcast for that. Oh, really? But I, it was like on MTV.com, but like the only place in town where you could get internet that was even approaching like fast enough to make that a practical uh, exercise was the Auburn University Library. And so my friend, uh, my friend and I like rode our bikes and we were like, it was July. So we were like, or August or whatever. So we were like sweaty as hell trying to log on to the computers in the, in the AU library to try to watch this fucking thing. And even, you know, even those weren't, uh, weren't powerful enough to, uh, to show us anything, but we were kind of hyped for it. We were like, dude, Woodstock 99. This is, this is crazy. What about you, Luke? I know. I don't remember. I would have been 10 at the time. Yeah. I think this too, was a too, little bit. You were too baby. Yeah, this is a little bit pre-new metal for me. Oh, okay. It would have be probably, <laughs> well, probably not that much longer. Another year or two. Yeah. Yeah. I started getting into it. I will say the festival itself, like before it fell apart, did not cross my radar at all. Like I wasn't, I just wasn't. I just wasn't a music person, I think, for the most part, as a teen. Like, it, well, I mean, you know, it's funny because that, again, like the, the shittiest guy in this documentary, that promoter, is kind of like still mad at MTV News for like showing people what was going on. But yeah, MTV hyped that thing nonstop that whole summer. Like there's no other reason that I, w- yeah. there's no other reason that I would have known about it or been that jazzed about it because I don't think I got, I, I, think we maybe i don't know i think i guess i had internet at that point but it was you know 56k it was slow as shit i was just watching mtv that summer and so that's 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 the only way i would have known about it so they were the biggest promoter of the whole thing i I would imagine i must have i must have known about it then because i watched mtv exclusively you know i also (laughs) was a teen same i didn't have cable when i was a kid and then we got satellite tv we got dish network at a certain point Probably right around here, so I may not have even had MTV at the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. I I'd, I'd probably only had it for a couple of years at that point because yeah, we were running strictly antenna yeah. for uh, until I think I was in like 
fifth or sixth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. When I get when I finally I, got the cable, I was a lot of I was zoom pretty much and wishbone ex- on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty much exclusively watching MTV and my VHS copy of The Matrix. <laughs> Those were the two things I would watch. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, they reference it in this fucking movie, too. They're like, oh. So fucking sloppy and ham-fisted. And also, like. Fight club and shit. The, Columbine is like. These Columbine. Didn't those kids like Marilyn Manson and shit? Like, this is not really. Well, no, that was, that was the whole thing was like they did. They specifically like blamed Marilyn Manson. And those kids were like, you know. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of gay or something. Like they specifically yeah. were like, we don't like Marilyn Manson in their fucking manifestos and journals and shit. Like that was just totally ginned up for the same reason that they're ginning up, you know, the artist being to blame for this thing. It's like, no, the the fucking reason that happened is because, uh, you know, we have really shitty gun control laws. The music aspect of Columbine, like I didn't never really even thought about it, honestly. Like I, the thing I remember is like, didn't they 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 pinned it on Doom, right? That was one of the yeah, things. They, it, was, yeah. it was video it was games like and Marilyn music Manson. And video games, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you know, David Cross has that great bit where he's like, uh, he's talking about it, like on, in the special that he did in 1999, where he's just like, oh, so that was the problem. What what video games was Hitler playing? Uh, you know, what uh, <laughs> what kind of music was he listening to that made him do all those terrible things? <laughs> like, which is a great point. But it, I, I did, man. I, I know I've now done, I guess, including, uh, I mean, shit, including the one that you and me did about 1999. I had, we did a Woodstock 99 episode of the podcast. And then also we ended up talking about it a lot with my friend Chris Crofton, who was fucking there, uh, at the thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that episode's called Jukebox Heroes. So I've covered this thing a bunch. And this, <laughs> this gave me so much, I, I will say, like all the footage and stuff like that gave me so much more context. For you know things that I read because up until this point I'd read stuff, yeah. I looked at YouTube stuff. But if you're a, like a Woodstock '99 nerd like I am, uh, I was. It was almost like um, if you if y'all watch that show Mindhunter, yeah. The, no. about the series so it's like a show about serial killers and like the fbi profilers and all that stuff and uh there's a little treat if you're a serial killer nerd at the beginning where you see a guy who's working for adt security and he's got a little mustache and you see him creeping around a house and you're like episode one you're like oh that's dennis raider that's btk i'd know him anywhere and they never say his name uh and this was very similar because if you know anything about woodstock 99 you know that <laughs> The reason that people had access to uh, open flames on the last evening was because these poor people handed out candles to remember the victims of Columbine. Yeah, they covered it in this. That's what I'm saying. And and, and I'm saying they put it right up front, but they didn't tell you anything. They they just were like, oh, there was a lot of uh, political groups there. And then they show this guy handing out candles. And he's like, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, kind of this is a peace demonstration for, uh, you know, we're we're trying to, uh, you know, (laughs) reform our gun laws and we're going to have a big uh, candlelight ceremony. And then they just move on. But if you're me, you're like, (laughs) oh, fuck, that's the guys. Like, I didn't know there was footage of the people. Chekhov's candle, baby. Yeah, it was Chekhov's fucking candle. I was like, holy shit, because I'd never seen that footage. I was like, oh my god, you can actually like put a face to the people who did it, and they're so nice. You're like, that, yeah. that seems like the nicest man at the whole festival is the guy just being like, yeah, man, we're just like trying to, you know, pray for peace and uh, stuff and unity and shit like that. And you're like, oh no, of course they perverted your your uh, silent, beautiful protest in the name of victims 
terms of gun violence. Oh, uh, fuck. And that was a, I, I like that. I shot up out of my chair when I saw that guy. I was like, oh my God, that's him. <laughs> it's just a little treat. If you yeah. know what's going to happen later, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's so funny. You know, as far as yeah. the- uh, as far it. as the as the music goes in this, you know, they're shitting on it a lot. Yeah. Although they take one break in the middle of it to be like, hey, this whole thing was a disaster. But by the way, Jonathan Davis went hard as fuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. That oh. really made me want to like go see Corn. I was like, he's probably like, whatever. He's like 23 years older now. Like, he's not going to like perform like that anymore. <laughs> well, but when I was watching, I was like, this looks fucking awesome. Oh, dude. Yeah. And he like says yeah. like they had to carry me off stage. Yeah. You know, like he fell, he collapsed backstage and he had to get hooked up to IVs <laughs> yeah. and shit because he gave every last ounce. Yeah. Man. I was I'm, like, yeah. Ugh, I kind of wish I was there now. Stop making me like corn. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, yeah, no. I yeah, re- this movie really makes us feel a lot of things we don't expect. <laughs> it really did. I mean, fuck. I mean, undeniable. And the part where he was talking about how they had stagnated the sound systems to accommodate for the, you know, the speed of light being faster than the speed of sound. So they have like PAs. And for that reason, like the crowd is moving in like a wave and you can fucking yeah. see it reacting to their distance from the stage and their PAs. I was like, fuck, that's amazing. That's like <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, that guy came out looking really good, man. I, I got to say, yeah. I, I'm shocked that they couldn't or didn't attempt to interview Fred Durst, or maybe they did. And he was just like, I'm sure that he said no. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, it was probably for the best. And uh, did you watch his Lollapalooza performance from last weekend? Uh, I've seen a few clips of it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. At one point he said, he's like, this ain't no fucking Woodstock 99, <laughs> but we're going to party like it's 1999. And then he played break stuff. And, uh, because Lollapalooza is a competently run festival, nothing happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fine. They, yeah. Everything was fine. It was fine. Cause everyone had water and there was shade and you could go pee, uh, and you know, all that stuff. It's yeah, it's just so it's so annoying. I mean, I, I already don't like Woodstock praise. Like when people are like, Oh, Woodstock seemed so amazing. It's just like <laughs> no one did it. And I I at least appreciate this movie for one second is like when people reference Woodstock, they're referencing a movie they saw. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And al- almost never the events of that festival. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, this is like a good time to ask. Have you guys been to a big music festival before? I have not. I've, I've been to Coachella. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask, because I've never been to Coachella, and they reference it at the end as being like uh, the, the paragon of the well-run festival. That made me so mad. <laughs> I mean, just because it's like, like, and so this will also tip into like a big topic of the movie, which was like, as if, the idea that the happy ending to this movie of like, oh my gosh, these greedy <laughs> guys. <laughs> thank, thank God we have a, an altruistic festival like Coachella. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, what? <laughs> That's you're the t- point you're making? And then also like the idea that, I mean, Coachella has like one in six women that go to Coachella report a sexual assault. Like right. it's not it's not like it's not full of the same problems. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and then I mean, even more than that, like EDC and all those like EDM festivals have like a pretty fucking high body count. Like, so it's just like we didn't cure the problem of music festivals 
Woodstock 99 wasn't unique in that people died and got assaulted. Yeah. And that's horrible. It just didn't get burned. Coachella just doesn't get burned down every year is the difference. Yeah. And then like the, the way the sexual assault stuff is handled in this movie is like, ugh, this movie is made by men. Um, because it's just like, they talk about it a bunch of times and they're like, this is horrible. And it's like, easily 40 minutes of clips of like women being like groped without their consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, <laughs> you can't, there is no way that you're allowed to like condemn this act and also use an absolutely gratuitous amount of footage of it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. You, can, you, you could show that once or twice, maybe while you're talking about it, but to repeatedly show it throughout the whole movie is like, Oh uh, yeah. It's <laughs> not even like a section of the movie. It's like every four or five it's minutes. It comes movie. back. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, that's bad that that happened. We have footage of it mm-hmm. and it's bad. And it's yeah. like, stop showing this. Yeah. Why do you keep showing them? Yeah. You can't, you're not allowed to distance yourself from something that you're like abusing basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I I will say I I've, I went to Bonnaroo uh, like from basically 2004 to 2009 every time uh, every year and oh, yeah. it was in comparison to this I mean I'm sure it definitely you know suffered from a lot of the same problems but it was just amazing to watch s- such an absolutely incompetently run festival compared to what my experience just five years later was at at yeah. Bonnaroo where it's like. Oh my God, at least they had, uh, the, first of all, they let you park your car next to your tent. Uh, so if you were dying of heat exhaustion, you could get in the car and start it and run the fucking AC. You know yeah. what I mean? Like shit like that. But uh, yeah, it, a lot of that was just incredible. But also it was, I was taking notes of like, oh, that's why they did that of different things. Like for instance, Bonnaroo has a gigantic, uh, a, a magic mushroom fountain in the middle of the festival site that just runs all day and night specifically. So if people want to do what they were doing at, the, at what, what is supposed to be the drinking water, uh, right. they, they can take off all their clothes and fucking dance around that fountain and shit. But yeah. that, that was shocking to me. It was when they were showing the bathrooms and, Oh, and to your point, there was a point where they were talking about, uh, the, they were they were saying like oh you know the dudes in the men's bathroom the only thing separating the men's showers from the women's showers was just a tarp and they were like dudes like pulling the tarp back and showing it but then they had this like beautifully shot black and white photograph of a bunch of women in the shower and i'm like who took that fucking picture yeah fuck yeah. you guys who let the you new york can't. times in the shower <laughs> You can't distance yourselves from these acts that you're condemning if you're like using this as art. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I was just like, no, seriously, who took that picture? Because they're yeah. not, because they're talking about these like Neanderthals in the other room, like pulling the shower curtain back and looking at the girls. But I'm like, yeah, but what about this, this beautiful black and white fucking silver tone, uh, you know, print? Where did this come from? Who Can let you believe this... they did the thing we're going to do in the movie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and also publish. I mean, yeah. I get that like, I get that like, attending these things you're like agreeing to being filmed or whatever but like especially in the case of the assaults it's like 
I, what are you doing? You're like showing this girl's face. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you didn't track her down. Yeah. <laughs> and like, make sure she's fine with this. <laughs> but uh, it's so fucked. It really made me so mad. Like it's, it just made me so mad at the filmmaker that I don't think he could do anything right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made me madder at all the other stuff where I was like, in this. <laughs> Feels like every part of that was handled poorly. Like even, Moby trying to like position himself like above all that shit, you know? Yeah, but it's still Moby. I just, uh, you know, I was like, you, uh, (laughs) yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's still fucking Moby, like, with the issues that we've even already talked about. That's what I mean. Yeah. Or even like when he's trying to talk about, like, he's trying to talk, like, position. Uh, electronic and rave music is like so much more enlightened and like oh it's supposed to be yeah. like this really great pl- it's like what are you fucking talking about as though rave culture doesn't have an issue with drugging women like are you fucking yeah crazy? that's yeah give me a break <laughs> yeah and, and just like when i think first of all i don't need to hear from music critics about stuff yeah. i just don't i don't need they should have had talking like it's just like these people I don't care. I don't care that these people who listen to music for a living yeah. are being bitchy about a thing they didn't go to. That's but. that's what I dude, I was looking at those two. There's there's the there's the dude and then the lady that they kept interviewing and I'm like Y'all are in your 20s. <laughs> I looked up the dude because I had that same feeling. He is 45 years old. Fuck. Okay. He looks great. He looks great. <laughs> he looks amazing. <laughs> Never mind. But, Sorry, sir. But still, but still, he's like, an, he's a New York Times uh, music critic. Yeah. And I, and I'm still like, this is wasted. Like, I don't, I just don't, I, this movie, they were trying to give, like, so that <laughs> I'm like, finishing my like cutting off all my senses okay so they're trying to give cultural context by talking to those people right yeah why why not a historian why not a professor a music like anthropology anyone who like has an academic understanding of history and how to give cultural context not a fucking critic yeah who like this is just not what they specialize right right (laughs) made me so mad because then they only were giving their opinion, which is like, okay, that's fine. But like, I do want the actual information as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're, you're not providing that. You're only telling me your bitchy opinion about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking a lot about like, you know, cause those critics were making me mad and like Moby, I was like, why are you talking to Moby? And then yeah, why was he the big get for this? It was so weird. I really weird. was thinking, like, thinking about the process of, of of being a documentary director and, like, you just talk to who you know and have access to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, like, I just feel like he didn't work that hard to get people. No. <laughs> he just talk, he talked to people he's probably, like, loosely socially connected to. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, Moby's like a weird, like, L.A. scene guy. Like, as you talked right. about, yeah, yeah, like, I'm sure that him and Bill Simmons run in the same fucking circles from time to time. Like, I mean, so the only new metal person he actually talked to is Jonathan Davis, right? Yeah, I right. think so. Yeah. There's the two offspring people, but they're not new metal, really. No, not at all. No. So, yeah, one, when they're, <laughs> yeah, it's essentially when... a documentary about new metal and they have one. Yeah, it's weird. Like, what was Tom Morello doing? <laughs> <laughs> that he yeah. couldn't be on this, you know, get one other guy. And Tom Morello's, uh, you know, I realized that like 
having Kid Rock on there is going to like he's going to throw a monkey wrench in the narrative for sure because he's such a piece of shit that you they know, could have talked to ICP though. Fucking who, yeah, who are also have like f- like really <laughs> thoughtful interviews every time they talk. <laughs> yeah. About yeah, absolutely. They should have talked to ICP. They should have fucking talked to, I don't know. DMX wasn't dead when they made the movie. What does DMX think about what happened at his show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Rosie Perez now. Like, there's just like, it's just yeah. like all these things they were, or um, they talked to Jewel, which I guess made sense. Yeah, yeah. But, but even Jewel, like, I, hold on. I have the Woodstock. 99 schedule up on my computer oh good uh, good yeah <laughs> yeah now that that part did really stick out at me that it was the thing i've never i've looked at that lineup a million times and it was so funny when they were like yeah basically there was one woman every day on the show <laughs> it was jewel cheryl crow and alanis morissette yeah <laughs> i was like that does make sense that is a that's a shit gig but man I, think, I feel bad for them like jewel played at like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and like going to a music festival, right? That 12 o'clock, one o'clock stage time is like, people aren't that engaged with that no matter what festival you're at. No, that's the everybody's trickling in time slot. Right. People yeah. barely show up that early. So it's just like they were trying to like show the jewel footage and be like, these men, they didn't like her. Yeah. It's like I it's not <laughs> that's not really what's happening. <laughs> well, and plus who who was playing on the the other stage while she was playing, you know? That's the other <laughs> thing. Yeah, I don't know. They only I've only found the the schedule for the main stage. I I did love the part where they showed the map of the festival grounds and they had they had colored the runways green as if they were made of grass. <laughs> they very much are not. Yeah, the festival, the production stuff where like they it's I mean they just were so cheap and so lazy. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's just on concrete, the fact that it's all so far away, the fact that they very obviously sold just as many tickets as they could. Like it's Right, <laughs> right. They didn't seem to cap it at any point. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I loved when the offspring guy said uh, that the, they played the venue that was built by Hitler in Germany and it was better <laughs> than, than the Woodstock venue. That was hilarious. That was noodles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Noodles. Oh, with the with the Black Sabbath, Black Lives Matter shirt. That was like, fuck, I need that shirt. <laughs> that was great. Um, Man, I hated both the John, what's his name? Sure. John Schur. He's by far the worst person in this movie. Yeah, he's a pretty obvious villain. Yeah. Um, and Michael's uh, Michael Lang, who's Michael the Lang. yeah he's Michael Lang. I also did not like. I really feel like these are like two ideal boomer villains. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Michael Lang very obsessed with like how hot and cool he was when he was younger, and very into like. I don't, there's just like, there's like, there's such a disgusting attitude that comes with that. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Those, those two guys in particular just really fucking, John Schur, above all, rubbed me the wrong way. And every, like, I think every single thing he said, I was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, yeah, it is crazy that every time he opened his mouth, the wrong thing came out of it. It was crazy. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, this is Fred Durst's fault. Uh, you know, uh, women, fucking, women, yeah, deserve. women deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was wild. 
Michael Lay, like, he seems oh, like a guy it. that, like, no matter who you are, if you meet him, within five minutes, he's bringing up how he put on the first Woodstock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then, like, also, the first Woodstock... I mean, so there are no reported sexual assaults. I'm positive that's not true because it was the 60s. And I just don't, you just weren't allowed to report it. Who would you report it to? Right. Uh, but then also, like, people, I mean, it, like, rained. They were almost electrocuted. It, it, it only went off, like, it's only seen as this positive thing because they were very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have easily had a very, very high body count. Very easily. They were only... They were just lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and to your point about them being, like, the perfect, like, boomer villains, the whole thing with Woodstock 69 and 94 is that at a certain point, they broke the fences down and it became a free show. And they... He was so mad about that. And he specifically had it at the Air Force Base because it has gigantic fucking barbed wire fences all around (laughs) it. Shit, yeah. I was like, that is the most like, you know, ridiculous, like Steve Jobs being like, we're brave because we're getting rid of the headphones. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boomer assholes. Yeah. Truly. Terrible. To their to their core. Yeah. And like I, I don't know. I just uh, they I looked at the lineup for what Woodstock fifty was supposed to have which did it it didn't happen did it no it (laughs) fell apart like because they announced it was weirdly like the fire festival thing if i recollect correctly they announced it like a few months before it was supposed to happen and i'm like this doesn't seem like it's gonna happen (laughs) yeah and then he he was he was in the press a couple months later like complaining about his investors Mm -hmm. backing out um the killers miley cyrus santana chance the rapper the Black Keys, uh, Jay Z, Imagine Dragons, Halsey. So just anyone. That that <laughs> yeah, that those fucking are, sucks. Th- those are just top 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 of the list headliners. That is a music festival specifically for people who listen to the radio at the office and love it. Like that's all. <laughs> that, that's literally like. Oh my god! I was trying to figure out what the through line was. No, it's straight and up like yeah, you know they have right. those like because man when I was I was back. <laughs> The through line is Kiss FM. Kiss yeah. FM, dude. When I was back in Alabama, like I was like listening to the radio pretty regularly, like driving around, and there are these stations where it's like the best hits of today, yesterday, and whatever. And it, it, it <laughs> and it is straight up that lineup you just gave. It's like yeah, you would hear like Santana featuring Rob Thomas, and then it would go to like you know Jay Z and Beyonce, like, and then it would go to Miley Cyrus, <laughs> and then it would be the Killers. Like that is straight up what that shit is. That is wild, and I love that. That's that's more boomer shit. They're like, oh, what what's popular today? I don't know. Turn on turn on ninety eight point six, and we'll uh, we'll see. And then they just listen, and they're like, all right, we're gonna call Miley. We're gonna call the Killers. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, boomers. Boomers do try to throw events that like they don't understand the concept of like niching down into like <laughs> what a group of people who would have similar interests would care about. Right, yeah. right. They they only understand making something as broad as possible. Oh, yes, yeah, they did they did talk about that in this movie though? Oh, did, I don't remember. Oh, that who was it who was talking about that? Of like this is like some old person's version of like trying to force what they oh, had yeah. onto this new generation right well and even oh, yeah, like that, was the music that they don't girl. have yeah well yeah. And, and when they were talking about 
the fact that there were only three women on the whole festival, they cut to the John Schur asshole, and he's just like, we only booked people we thought belonged. Yeah, shut the <laughs> fuck like, up. The f- <laughs> it's like, dude, what was Lauren Hill fucking doing at this time? Like, she had the biggest goddamn record of that year. Like, there were so many female artists you could have put on. What the fuck are you talking about? I wonder if they um, had, like, a bad pitch to artists, though. Also, I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not like completely against the idea like because that's one of the be- that was honestly one of the best things about Bonnaroo was how diverse the lineup was. And that's like kind of yeah. what it seems like they were attempting to do with that lineup. You just read with Woodstock 50 of like, we're going to hit all the all the corners of the market. But like yeah. with Bonnaroo, it was like, I mean, the chance to see, you know, Ween on the same stage as Merle Haggard. You know, like shit like that. We're just like, that's never going to fucking happen again. Like, I love, you know, that, you know, trying to have a broad appeal, but it's, it's gotta be like, those bands are so fucking like middle of the road, almost all of them where you're just like, no, there's no like a deep well of fans. I don't think for the killers, except for Mormons. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do think you're right. (laughs) Yeah. They they came out for Mitt Romney and everybody was like, okay, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> yeah hey they the tribe got to stick together man <laughs> yeah i it's it's also but i mean that is true that i just there's i do think it's true that like these boomer guys were like trying to shoehorn what they think is romantic and like amazing and like give it to a generation who's like what no thank you yeah yeah but i but i also think that in this movie the way that information is presented is sort of like this sloppy like these morons didn't recognize these musicians subtle references to the original Woodstock because they're stupid and aggressive. Like it was, it just was like constantly implied that like mm. people were too stupid to understand stuff. Right. It's right. Like, <laughs> no, it's just that that moment meant a lot more to the musician than it was ever going to mean. Yeah. Oh, which, uh, which we got to get to fucking one of, and I talked about this on previous uh, Woodstock podcast. The funniest moment of the whole goddamn thing maybe is when Creed brings out Robbie Krieger from the doors who it should be noted, the doors were not at the original Woodstock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and for the first time ever, I noticed this and actually, you know, I, I love it. Uh, many, many people tweeted this at me. Robbie Krieger is wearing a pretty badass Undertaker shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where I was like, God damn, Robbie, like that fucker could probably fetch like 350 on Melrose right now if he he has it. Like that's a, that's a badass <laughs> Undertaker T-shirt. But uh, I love when when he starts playing Roadhouse Blues uh, and Scott Stapp does have to say, this is Robbie Krieger from The Doors, y'all. And this movie did give me that, like more content because I think when we talked about it originally, I was like, it was funny because I think I said, I was like, these people don't really probably know who the fuck Robbie Krieger is. They know Jim Morrison. I'm sure they know The Doors. But I wouldn't know who Robbie Krieger is. Yeah, no. right. From Laurel Canyon. <laughs> That's true. But... <laughs> It was it was funny now watching it because I'm like I think the Creed backlash had begun by the end of that summer. 
Like that was really when it started. Because yeah. I think it's like I don't think it's that they don't know who Robbie Krieger is. I think it's because they don't really like you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot Scott Stapp is in this. Yeah, they did interview fucking Scott Stapp. Uh, which, oh, which, yeah. which, oh, that's right. Which yeah. not that he's new metal or anything, but still. And he was like trying to be some like enlightened dude, like oh, you know, uh, fuck. Like, we just thought it was really aggressive or whatever. I'm like, you're the guy who got your ass kicked by everyone in 311 in a hotel in Miami in 2006 uh, because you threw a fucking glass at the, at the lead singer's girlfriend, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. My favorite music moment ever. Uh, 311 beat the shit out of Scott Stapp, the whole band. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That, one up for 311. You know, I hadn't considered uh, how early that the pushback on creed was was it this early 99 even that's that was their big year higher came out and then with arms wide open if i recollect correctly came out that summer and somewhere in between those two songs people were just like this band sucks (laughs) (laughs) i think i I mean i don't know i'm sure they like again but similar to the killers the, the christians were into it but everybody else was like this guy sucks because i remember you know he had a very public feud with uh with fred durst which is probably why he agreed to be in this fucker. He's like, oh, we're burying Fred? I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Fred Durst doesn't think about that anymore. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, he's, he's very chill. He just sits at home and There's, I imagine. I really, I really my impression of Fred Durst is now that just that he's like very calm and normal. I, I was going to say, he directs, like, oh, he, yeah. he directs weird movies and uh, has a lot of opinions on edibles. It looks yeah. like. Oh yeah, we also did a whole episode about his movie. The Fanatic, yeah, yeah. starring John Travolta and my friend Derek Smith is also makes a cameo as Serial Man. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I heard about his movie. Uh-huh. Oh, it's insane i think it's still on amazon if you've not watched it uh <laughs> go watch it and then patreon.com slash the goods pod we talked all about it i also kind of resent um and i i just don't like when when um people talk about this era of music and they're like uh they bring nirvana into it yeah yeah i think i think, I think nirvana praise bugs me a little bit i I, it's fine i i think nirvana is fine but like kurt cobain was not like a good guy (laughs) at all uh just because him and his wife did heroin while they were pregnant now he's bad all of a sudden yeah and and like i mean there's like shit in his like old journals that got published that's kind of like despicable he just is like he just wanted to be famous and that's fine yeah 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 but He's, he was it's not like he's some I mean he's he's so deified and the only way people talk about Nirvana is like through a lens of deification right and it's just like I don't know yeah. <laughs> watch like one one interview with the guy who was a fucking asshole yeah. and also <laughs> there may there may not be another genre of music um with like more uh you know, with a higher death toll than grunge. Like, right, yeah. They, when Nirvana hit and these record labels were just like throwing contracts at heroin addicts, yeah. <laughs> they, they immediately put that money into their arm, never produced any great music, like nothing great came out of <laughs> that era. So it just, they, they were like, there was a good like six minutes of like, man, it's just because we lost Kurt Cobain and then music got bad. And it's like, yeah. no, 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's quite the case. Yeah, that was more of the Moby deifying that kind of era of rock, right? It's just like a dumb it's, guy uh, thing. Yeah. To oh, yeah, out. yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure it is. But I mean, <laughs> like, specifically in this movie, I think it was Moby yeah. doing it. <laughs> Moby and the, the, the film critic. The, oh, I think yeah. both the film critics, are not film, uh, music critics. I'm so used to yeah. talking about movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was, like... I mean, yeah, they, they talk about, or I don't think Moby talks about, like, it's amazing that he used to, like, wear a dress sometimes. I was like, sure, fine, that's fine. But, like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I don't know, it's also weird where it's, like, I, I mean, I don't know, like, cross-dressing and, like, drag rock star, like, that's been around a lot longer than Kurt Cobain. Yeah, hey, let's talk yeah. about, let's talk I mean, Twisted Sister. Well, or, Twisted Sister, but honestly, let's talk about uh, a, a group that has had massive festivals for, fuck, going on 30 plus years now, uh, whose drummer famously has worn a dress every show they've ever done, and uh, that would be Fish. Uh, who <laughs> fucking, yeah, John. I knew Fish had to come up eventually. <laughs> well, it does, because guess who was having an even bigger festival, I think, than Woodstock that same fucking year in Florida? It was goddamn Fish. And they didn't burn every goddamn thing, and it's almost all white people. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're less angry, sure, because they're underneath, uh, you know, five tons of marijuana, but, you know, still. Uh, yeah, they, were, they had their uh, New Year's Eve show uh, in the Everglades glades in florida fish's whole thing is like they always have their festivals in the middle of goddamn nowhere so again that uh you know basically cancels out any criticism of this thing where they're like oh you know maybe if it's it was in a city or something like Lollapalooza, people could have somewhere to go and cool off it's like yeah but uh there's this band that gets uh you know tens of thousands of people to festivals all the goddamn time and they have a pretty clean track record as far as like it not ending in abject horror uh (laughs) so Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. And Fishman wears a dress on stage and has been doing it since the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. F- yeah. It's just like not a new thing. And for someone to do it on TV, like I guess at the time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That was interesting. But also like. <laughs> it's not. It's fine. It's and it's good if it was meaningful to someone. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I would never want to take that right. away. Mm-hmm. But I do think like rock stars will always do shit to provoke a big reaction. Yeah. 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 That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the end of him thinking about it. Right. Which it's funny because uh, <laughs> one could argue Fred Durst was doing the same shit <laughs> by being like fucking break yeah. everything. It's like he was being provocative. You're yeah. not supposed to take it literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Frederick isn't so bad. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's just low energy now. Boy, that that was a, that was the sleepiest break stuff I've ever seen last weekend. Have you seen a lot of Give live performances? Something to break. I, 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 <laughs> I did. I have. I have looked at through the years uh, just to keep track. You know, <laughs> mainly. Good. Well, it was because I was tracking his health through his break stuff energy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. went back and looked because DJ Lethal is back with the squad now, but he was out. You know, he was he was in the land of nod for a little bit. And uh, they're just not the same with, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Dave Holmes from MTV uh, was sort of, uh, you know, shitting on the idea of having a turntablist. But it's not the same without the work. It's just not, (laughs) you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. That's true. I did think 
Dave Holmes typically gives like thoughtful interviews at the very least. I would like to hear his uncut whole fucking interview. Yeah, because I bet it was better. I bet it was what. way better because I like that guy a lot. I think he, yeah, he, he's he always he uh, seems really thoughtful. Yeah, he he always comports himself well, and and as an impartial observer of that time period it's always interesting to listen to him talk about because i mean he's he he could not be any more late 90s mtv he's the guy who lost the you want to be a vj contest to jesse camp you know that's uh and jesse camp i think only lasted mtv a few months and and they were like all right who came in second yeah get that guy in here like that's the that's the craziest beginning of a career and it's also the most 90s it's like how did you get into show business like i lost to a huge junky weirdo on tv publicly got (laughs) me an absolutely competent fucking tv host got absolutely the floor mopped with him by a hippie moron uh that's that's how i got into show business was that a contest where the public voted? Yeah. Oh, do you not remember? Oh, man. Yeah, this might have been like, I think this is 19. 19- I kind of remember the contest oh. existing, but I, I'm oh. bad at details. It's the, f- oh, but you have to, anybody listening and, and Monica and Luke, you as well, have to go back and watch YouTube clips. Uh, just type in MTV uh, want to be a DJ or want to be a VJ contest. And they had a contest where they had the guy out there. They had different people uh, who would advance each week, like American Idol. Like they would get like, oh, these people move forward. And then they would vote people off, if I remember correctly. And they would always have them at, uh, you know, doing stuff on TRL so they could get the biggest possible audience. And uh, and it yeah. came down to Dave Holmes and this like he he kind of looks like uh, Russell Brand stole his whole look <laughs> from Jesse Camp. Like he's got that like matted like he spent hours on it, but he wants you to think he just woke up hair, and he's just kind of like a fucking like stoner guy. Oh, man. And he had, yeah, he had, I just googled him. He had bell bottom <laughs> jeans and like fucking like shitloads of necklaces, and he was not that competent. He just was kind of likable because he was such a doofus that people were like, "Oh yeah, you know, it'd be funny if we kept voting for this guy." And it comes down to the two. And like, like I said, Dave Holmes, consummate professional. Every time you see him on TV, he's just like a great, you know, he's, he's a great on camera guy. He can talk. And then they cut to this idiot and the idiot won. And, uh, but he only stuck around MTV, I think for like six months at the most. Uh, and then Dave Holmes, I think they just hired him right after that. <laughs> so that's, that's how Dave Holmes, the most nineties, uh, birth into show business ever. That's so funny. Yeah, I just Googled Jesse Camp and boy, yikes. Yeah, he put out an album uh, that I, <laughs> I've i never heard. It's something I've been wanting to cover on the show. We might do a want to be a VJ episode because it's that funny. Uh, there's, uh, <laughs> I, It's so funny. That's Oh, he's on Instagram. I mean, you can follow him right now. I the real Jesse Camp. I can't believe he lived through the 90s. I, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe they just, the heroin use was implied, maybe more so than literal, but like, I just always thought I'm like, oh, he's like a, he's, he's, you know, what they, again, back to fish is what you call in the fish community, a spunion. Just like, he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's just, <laughs> he's too spun out. He's a spunion. He's got a video up um, with comedies Nina Tarr. Oh, fuck, really? Instagram. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That makes so much sense. I, I, wow. Uh, <laughs> oh. um, that's just so funny because it's just such a it's such a good um, moment of like 
Yeah, don't let the public pick stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fix. Do not run these contests yeah. in a way that is not fixed. Because fix it. Yeah, fix yeah. the contest. It's not gonna work out. You're gonna get the fucking weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have to employ him. No, right, no. right. You have to make him. You have to get him to sign a contract. No, no. You have to give that guy health insurance. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, this was Yeah. <laughs> I did really like Dave Holmes. I mean just I I think I find Dave Holmes at this point to be like a comforting face in these documentaries about the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, well cuz he's not like, you know, he's like I said he he seems like a very impartial witness uh to these times. Like any interview I've ever seen with him because I'm, you know, uh, it might be obvious to people listening. I'm kind of obsessed with this exact time period. Like, because I was it, was, it was right when I turned fucking 13th. So anything that happens to you in that zone, you're just going to be sort of perpetually fighting the urge to relive it for the rest of your life. I'm just being like, all right, yeah. stay down 1999. But yeah, when I go back and watch like interviews with him, I'd much rather listen to him talk. I'm I'm shocked that they didn't include like i think they included like a sound clip or something from him but like the absence of carson daly in this was shocking oh yeah they had a really quick thing with him and that was kind of it but it wasn't even on tape i I literally think it was like his book on tape or something and they just played a section of him talking about it they they even didn't they include like kennedy or like one of those other Tabitha Soren. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of those other MTV news people. <laughs> Them, him trashing Kurt Loder, that, um, the, uh, John Schur trashing Kurt Loder is like hilarious. Yeah. Kurt Loder, the most serious yeah. newsman. Yeah. MTV. Well, he's, he, he also is a sort of a dickhead, uh, cause he, uh, uh, had Jewel on to talk about her poetry book. Do you remember this? Yeah. Like, and she got I, mad at him. This is ringing a bell, but I don't know. So Jewel, why. Jewel wrote a book of poetry and then went on uh, MTV news to talk about it. And uh, she used the word casualty uh, mm-hmm. in a way that upon looking at the actual poem, you're like, you could make an argument that she was trying to use it uh in, in you know the meaning of the word but kurt loader basically was like read the line and then was like casualty doesn't mean that you mean casualness uh you know <laughs> and Shut she up, and nerd. she literally was like yeah well you're a real <laughs> dick for pointing that out <laughs> i think she'd said that on tv so uh Man. yeah that's good yeah but anyway uh but when you Here read the, it really sucked people were so rude yeah <laughs> but when you read the poem you're like she's talking about like homelessness or something and it's like people walk yeah. by with such uh, or like uh, upon such casualty or something where you're like i mean it's uh, sort of sure. a, sort of a casualty of society yeah. and stuff i mean you can make i yeah i don't i'm not one to say whether or not she meant casualness or not but upon reading the poem you're like that could kind of go either way or maybe that's what she meant is that the word could kind of i don't know right. anyway it's supposed to be sort of like a, a i don't know about wordplay but you know yeah it's a little wordplay get the fuck off jewel's back jewel fucking the rules tv yeah. in the 2000s was really the 90s and 2000s yeah, the yeah. focus was to shame as many women as possible. Yeah, I mean, hey, it serves as, her right as fast for as you could. Serves her right for uh, living in a car for many years and then becoming a bajillionaire off of her music. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? I mean, my favorite. I I had a big crush on Gideon Yago. I, I was more of a Gideon Yago girl. Um, 
Was that I don't, another VJ? I didn't. I don't know. Much. Gideon Yaga. Gideon Yaga. Gideon Yaga was one of the MTV News guys. Oh, okay. Or did they show but him? He, no, oh, he no. was. I think post ninety nine. I feel like he was more like two thousand, two thousand one. Mm. Okay. Um, I loved him. Yeah. For some reason, I just really remember Kurt Loder, and then there's a big jump where it's just Sway all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what oh, happened. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Sway <laughs> and Tabitha Soren. Yeah. That's what I remember. Maybe it's because I like kind of tapped out on like newer music, like right after this year. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I, I didn't really come back in until like, you know, I guess I was like following hip hop to some degree, but not like most current shit. So that's funny. That I you stuck say. with MTV for a long time. Yeah. When you specifically mentioned the age of 13. It was like, yeah, probably three years after this movie when I was 13. Yeah. Is when I was locking in all of that new metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it had just come to Fargo, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> news of the world travels slow on the old Pony hey. Express to Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> that's true we are like uh the aliens in futurama who get uh who get the tv shows like 40 years later right right yeah i was at least close enough to atlanta that we got the, we got all the good hip-hop at my school oh sure <laughs> yeah people just had to describe the matrix to us for a few years before we got it. <laughs> <laughs> round like the... shadow puppets on a wall yeah i was gonna say around the campfires <laughs> of the prairie the, the prairie is dotted with the campfires <laughs> telling the tales of of american beauty and matrix <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who it was in this movie, but I think it was the, I, I wish I caught her name. I feel so bad that she's the only person whose name I don't know, but the female film uh, music critic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is that the, the, the blonde lady with like a black and white shirt? Yeah. I think so. Yes. Okay. And she said this thing about like older generations fearing young people. Yeah. And that that's yeah. why I just, I, I patently disagree with that assessment because i don't think i think that older people fear losing power they don't fear right. young people they just want to be in charge yes yes <laughs> and i feel like that misunderstanding like causes so much stupid friction yeah yeah where it's like they're, they're, they're not just afraid of you because you are younger than them <laughs> i think even more base than that is like fear of irrelevancy and losing power is like that symbol of like, whoa, what am I then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know. A point, a point that got brought up. Yeah. I'm ra- I'm getting toward the end of my notes. Yeah. Guys, can you believe it? I, I, I just have like some, some quick hits of just things that I, I wanted to, to mention. Uh, Jamiroquai in the white feather hat, telling the cameraman to stop filming tits and to film him was a great little moment excuse me you, you think you have enough footage of press uh you put your put your fucking camera on uh, virtual insanity please uh <laughs> i don't even I know do also think those those cameramen are maybe the the worst sex criminal right yeah of all again as we've established they went into the goddamn women's shower and took a picture for the new york times or whatever <laughs> it's like, like yeah, they that stuff was happening, but also like, why are you? You're filming it. You're not helping anybody. You're not helping these girls. You see. Yeah, uh, I have to mention uh, again, m- much like they showed the candle guys, and you knew exactly if you, if you know your shit, you know what's gonna happen. Uh, Dave, the guy with the journal, where he's like, I can't wait for the pit. All I want to oh do is God. get in the pit. Yeah. I fucking hate Jewel, and I want to get in the pit. And they're like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna be the guy that dies in the pit. 
Yeah. You just yeah. know it. And uh, I loved that for some well, reason. Was that a famous story? Because, I mean, even without that, it's very much like, uh-oh, they're interviewing his friend and reading from his journal right. and not interviewing him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There no. was I didn't yeah. know this I didn't know the story, but yeah. I I I put those things yeah. together immediately and was like, oh fuck, this guy died. Yeah. No, I mean I, I knew someone died in the pit at Metallica. And as soon as he started talking about like I can't wait for the pit, and I'm like, uh oh, it's just a journal. Uh oh. That's the guy. Again. He seemed sweet. <laughs> yeah, very very similar to in the Cecil Hotel documentary when you see the British people like, yeah, you know, we were just on a vacation. If you know the Eliza Lamb story, you're like, oh, British people, they're the ones who tasted the dead body water. I just know it. Uh, <laughs> I know this story too well. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> British couple on the honeymoon, that's body water. Oh, God. <laughs> I ended up most, most of what happened in my head when I was watching this movie was just thinking about new metal, really. And like, <laughs> what is new metal really? Right. Yeah, like so many of them, like like when you listen to thrash metal, it always sounds like thrash metal, you know? Right, right. Whether it's Megadeth or Metallica or Anvil or anyone, like yeah, yeah. it sounds like thrash metal. Right. But like, what is the sound of new metal? I think it's just uh, anything that incorporates like hip hop in any way. But even that, I don't think like... I think like Disturbed you would call new metal, but they don't do that ever, you know, or like Avenged Sevenfold or Godsmack. Like I don't I, think Yeah. That's, I, I think if I think it is like inclusive but not Right. You know, it's right. like if it has that, it is new metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's other things that get lumped in with it too. That's true. Those two bands I would almost like call those like I mean, you know, uh, the, the off the oft used term on uh <laughs> on all of my uh, media platforms those are the butt rock uh more so i think we we loop in a bunch of new metal acts when we do things like the butt rock gauntlet and stuff like that but mm. i almost like they're almost two different genres and new metal is such uh like a niche thing that did not exist for that long you know like it's really i had to i looked it up because i I genuinely have no idea what yeah. sonically is yeah. different. Yeah. My, my, my understanding of, of what it is sonically is just that it, at some point incorporates like elements of hip hop, beatboxing, rapping and turntable, uh, you know, it can have one or it can have all three kind of a thing. But one, one of those has to be present on Wikipedia. It, I mean, you know, uh -huh. a good source. Um, <laughs> it says uh, that it it's it has elements of other music, including hip hop, but also alt rock, funk, industrial, and grunge. Right, right. So it seems like it's just like a. It's pretty broad. Yeah, it's, it's yeah a swirly of the nineties. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely into the early two thousands too, though. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, for sure. Cause, cause I think if you ask most people, I think they would say that bands like Godsmack and and Disturbed and Avenged Sevenfold are new metal. Yeah, too. Yes. But I think they incorporate more like, like going off that definition, like industrial type sounds and that kind of stuff too. More so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think of, uh, I, I think it, and this is unfortunate because it's a band that I fucking revere, but it starts with Rage Against the Machine, honestly, because mm -hmm. that's the first 
I mean, hey, you know what? There's uh, this isn't going to surprise anybody, but there are definitely new metal bands that I'll go to bat for as like good yeah, music. sure, like, sure, yeah, like I, I th- I, like like Slipknot or System of a Down. I think are good. Uh huh. I'm softening. Uh, <laughs> I'm um, softening positions all over the place. I liked. I liked that. I mean, especially in this time period, yeah. I listened to all of this. I yeah. liked all of it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I, I and even like Kid Rock is genuinely talented. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I did love the the reformed uh, fucking Limp Biscuit fan who was like, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh no, no, it wasn't him. It was Dave in the journal who was like, I'm definitely buying this album. That guy plays every instrument. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. that's that's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about songs that are truly about nothing. Ba with a ba, but how like. Right, yeah. it's still at like the opening of it comes on, and it's still like yeah, you're like let's get hyped, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, him walking out in the fur coat. That was maybe the coolest oh my thing God, that happens in the whole thing. It's like <laughs> what a it's fucking... so silly, and yeah. also his. I feel like his drummer seemed really cool. The lady in the Seven oh, yeah. Eleven uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how is she? I loved her. <laughs> I, I we actually brought this up. Like we talked about a Kid Rock song, and I'm like. Is she still in the band after all the Trump stuff? Like, is there any way that yeah, woman is no still idea. in this band? Uh, I mean, who knows? We don't know her politics. No, you know? that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> oh my I God. think if, if anything has taught me, if I've learned anything this last couple of years, it's that uh, race and class really have nothing to do with what you end up being <laughs> like politically. <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> Oh, I did want to uh, bring up one other weird thing in Dave's journal. Uh, he said that, and I was like, was there comedy at this thing? He was like, there was a really bad set from Andy Dick. <laughs> Which I yeah. think it was just, they gave drunk ass Andy Dick just, you know, just uh, less than a year off of, uh, you know, killing Phil Hartman, uh, allegedly. Uh, you know, they gave him a mic and he probably just went out there and said a bunch of dumb shit and people booed him. <laughs> Which that's funny, uh, and then uh, also uh, I love the cameo from Vern Troyer. Oh yeah, 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 that was really funny and weird. Where he was dressed like Rob, was... Hal- he was dressed like Rob Halford from Judas Priest. He had like a leather vest and a fucking earring <laughs> yeah. and like a, ba- yeah. a bald, uh, you know, male pattern baldness hair was all the way in. It was fucking awesome. Um, was Andy Dick a VJ? Was he? No, he had a, no. He had a show on MTV at the time, or, or if it wasn't at the time, it was about to start. Uh, he had a oh, okay. sketch show called the Andy Dick Show. Uh, okay, which I, I remember his... him doing a lot of like correspondent type stuff, or like yeah, I think remotes, he, yeah, I probably think he, for spring break or something. Right. Well, he was already famous from news radio, and so yeah. I, I think after news radio ended, he was just kind of like you know around. Yeah. Do you remember his uh, reality show that he had for one season or like contest? Oh, it was like The Assistant? The Assistant. Yeah, yeah, I remember Which that. Is <laughs> such a funny premise. Yeah. To yeah. make people compete over a season of TV to become your assistant. Uh huh. And, and if I'm not. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, 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 I. What I network genu- was that on? It was on MTV. It's genuinely like a brilliant premise for a show. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I don't know if this is correct, and if it's not, uh, you know, don't tweet at me. But I'm pretty sure that uh, Tila Tequila came out of that. 
Uh, she oh. was she not on that show? Because I know she was on Surviving Nugent. She was on the oh. Ted Nugent reality show. But I swear to God, I thought she was, or maybe I that remember, was just that same era. Yeah, I remember. I watched the show. I have not seen it since it aired live. Okay, but I don't remember there ever being a Tila Tequila on there. Okay, maybe she, it might have been the same era because she had a show on there as well. Uh-huh. That might that might be. I'm just melding those two things in my mind. I feel like Tila Tequila came from MySpace, did she not? Well, she did, but like, she, she, as her rise to prominence existed solely on MySpace until it jumped to right. Well, like, she she was, she was on a Ted Nugent's reality show, Surviving Nugent's, as just Tila. It was before she got the tequila. (laughs) 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 And now she's terrifying, truly terrifying, a frightening woman. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Man, all those shows just really spun out other mini celebrities into their own shows. Oh, yeah, that was that was the whole thing about like, yeah, surreal life became flavor of love and (laughs) did uh for the love of new york did that spin off of like flavor of love well the, yeah. yeah well there was surreal life and then there was flavor she of was love she was a beloved contestant of um flavor of love flavor of love yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember that was like i watched that one i loved it yeah. <laughs> in real time i loved it so much oh yeah yeah no i got i hopped on with the surreal life actually i think the season Vern troyer was on there uh yeah because I think he was on there with China as well, Joni Lar. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, man! Yeah. What a sloppy time in like popular culture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so. Uh, it's also so weird. I mean, it's like it makes sense that that stuff is popular again now. Uh, right, right. And that like Gen Z generally like thinks it's like funny and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But man, what a it really fucked a lot of us up, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, real quick, the other thing I wanted to mention that they really don't uh go into very much is the uh the villainy uh that is Dave Matthews. Because uh, they only show that one clip of him being like He's like, sometimes there is a lack of things and sometimes there is an abundance. Today there is an abundance of titters and (laughs) and if you've watched that chill down my spine yeah yeah he fucking does he keeps doing that and no one ever talks about goddamn dave matthews being an instigator of some shit but if like if we're gonna fucking you know throw the book at fred durst we must also throw the book at dave matthews like, I'm willing to throw the book at Dave Matthews. 100%. <laughs> but not Fred Durst. I mean, you know. Uh, it's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, no, fuck that guy. He's terrible. I mean, that really was, you know, when they're, you know, when you start going through the songs of like Break Stuff and Nookie and stuff, it's like looking back on them at the time. And I think what they want you to believe in this movie is like, Ooh, they're so edgy, you know? And I remember thinking that at the time, but like you look back at them now, it's like they're almost kind of like quaint. <laughs> well, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. like I remember like Nookie being this really edgy song, and you look back at it now, and it's like, I did it all for the Nookie. Like, I think you're just describing yourself being a simp, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. Well, and then also, <laughs> the, okay, you're horny, I guess. Yeah. And then also, you can yeah, take get in line, <laughs> yeah. you can take that cookie and stick it up your, yeah. yeah. Stick it up your, yeah. Um, you're like, the first song know. of theirs I ever heard was the George Michael cover. Sure. Faith. Yeah. 
Which I still think is good. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's it's available. It's fun. <laughs> they also did the wait, they did the cover of Behind Blue Eyes. Yeah, that was for the soundtrack yeah. of the Halle Berry film Gothica. And <laughs> and Fred Durst directed the video in which he gets to kiss Halle Berry, and you're like, you know what? Good move. <laughs> Good move, you fucking creep. <laughs> I will say in this movie, in the in the footage of of uh Limp Biscuit's performance, I sort of forgot how weird Wes Borland is. Oh, go watch that video from Chicago. He's still rocking the full face makeup and stuff. Uh, I was like, oh man, so this guy does a full face before he goes out in like boiling hot heat. He's done it for every show they've ever played. Uh, He was so weird, he had to quit the band for a while. What's (laughs) insane about it is that no one else is doing it. No. It's like you go see Slipknot, it's like, yeah, they're all doing it, that's their thing. But you go there, it's like, the fuck is that guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's like beefy now too like when i saw him because you know he's whenever you see him like in the those videos he's always like fucking rail thin and i was watching that chicago video i was like damn did they get another guy to paint his fucking face and play the guitar but that's you know he introduced him he's like this is motherfucking west borland y'all i was like damn dude west borland put on some fucking muscle mass He's uh, he's he looks uh, kind of scary now. Like before, he just looked like oh, he's like the weird guy who paints his face. He looks like fucking Jeff Hardy, but now he is uh, he's bulked up, man. Oh, man. I feel like that's like its whole own thing too of just jacked guitar players. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh. I was sort of wondering, like, um, did who was the songwriter for Limp Bizkit? <laughs> I believe it's Fred like, Durst. Was, was it Fred? Or yeah, I like, think it's did, Fred, it'd right? It would be really funny if they had like a... A ghostwriter? <laughs> He's just sitting there like... Not even a ghostwriter, but just, you know, a Jack Antonoff character oh, okay. writing all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his Bernie Talpin just sitting there like, take them to the Jackson... Or what is it? Take them to the Matthews Bridge. <laughs> we don't. Uh, don't give a fuck, and we won't. Won't give a fuck on... Till you give just, a fuck about me. Wait, 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 wait. So, so back the fuck up while we fuck this track up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guys! No, it's shut the fuck up, back, back the, the fuck, fuck up, up while we, we fuck, fuck this, this track, track up. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I was a teenager when it came out. I, I, it's hard for me to hate it. There's like I don't know. There's a beauty to the inelegance of it, <laughs> right? That, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's like fine. It's like outsider <laughs> art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say the like the like hate on the like the snooty tone that this documentary had about it. Made yeah. me feel the same way like I've always felt about Guy Fieri, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, what? A, what <laughs> if you don't like it, that's fine. But like, don't you don't have to be mean. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they, you know, they're just making hyper music about being mad. It's okay. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Guy Fieri would never start a riot, but, uh, you know, <laughs> neither did Fred Durst. So what are no. you going to do? No. It, it was John, John Scher and uh, Michael Matt Lang. Lauer. What's that guy's name? Michael, Michael Lang. Lang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will, the Willy Wonka of Woodstock. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. P- honestly, calling people the Willy Wonka of anything is like 
a big red flag, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, you know. Like, that's your baseline? He's like, that guy's a criminal. Right, right. Well, <laughs> Willy Wonka does, like, kind of murder some kids a little bit, you know? Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's your baseline of someone who does something impressive to you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. They also tried it's because they them. don't want to call him the white Walt Disney of anything because that's too square. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They also tried to pin the fires on the red hot chili peppers. Oh, at the end too. Oh, and oh, yeah, uh, fuck off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck off, but also uh did I need to see Flea's dick? <laughs> well I, you I, know, I mean it's unavoidable. I guess, but wasn't their whole thing they used to wear gym socks on their dicks? Like, come on, I don't need I don't need the full flea. Sorry. In that heat, how are you keeping a gym sock on? I reckon. Uh, well, I mean they play the they play the damn whiskey a go go with the gym socks on, you know? It oh, gets hot in yeah, there. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I had to see so many, you know, <laughs> women having a bad time. That's true. Also, <laughs> let it not go unsaid how weird it is that they ended the festival with Megadeth. Yeah, <laughs> confusing choice. I, I was yeah. like, mm, "You've got Metallica right there." That's a, you know, I mean, <laughs> Megadeth. Like, no, no, no. We want to go out on Diet Pepsi. That's who we're. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's the. They are the great value. <laughs> Metallica. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Uh, in with the Chili Peppers. That's a, that seems like a fine ending point, particularly that year. Anthony Kiedis had his full like you know bleach blonde hair going, scar tissue era. Like, yeah, were, his little Dutch boy haircut. Yeah, yeah, they were <laughs> they were killing it at that time. It was weird because they that section happened, and I'm like, and then the show was over, and it's like, oh no, no, we've got fucking weird <laughs> Dave Mustaine still got to do his shit, and I was like. That's how y'all ended? Who programmed this fucking thing? I mean, I, that's maybe that's why people rioted. Yeah. It's like, we don't really care to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we are riled up and you're soundtracking it well, so we're just going to... Dude, yeah. Cor- I mean, how much do you want to bet that came from Dave Mustaine, though? What? what the what, that We want to... has we, to go last. Close, he has to go yeah. after Metallica. Yeah. I don't... There's a part of me, actually, there is a bit of... I kind of understand the booking a little bit, just having been to a shitload of music festivals uh, that after the second to last band, it's like you got to start to get your shit together and leave. (laughs) So maybe they were like, all right, which of these bands is big enough to end the festival, but small enough that people won't feel bad leaving during it. And actually, now that I've talked this out to myself, I've convinced myself that was actually the right move because... (laughs) What Bonnaroo started doing was they would book the same band saturday night and sunday night so like you would have seen fish or whoever it is like saturday night and then sunday night you're like yeah i can skip it you know mm-hmm. so, so funny to be that last band i know right well it's like being the main okay, event of the, yeah it's bye. right yeah it's like <laughs> i waited all fucking weekend to play for you guys but okay yeah yeah <laughs> mm. The only time I uh, I only went to Coachella one time because someone gave me free tickets. Otherwise, I don't think I would have ever gone. Which year? The Tupac hologram year. <laughs> 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 wow. Fuck. Which weekend? Was it the first weekend? It was the second weekend. Oh, so the, the thrill was so gone. We, knew, we, we knew. knew the hologram was coming and we left. <laughs> We're like... Whatever, we get it. <laughs> this is kind of creepy. <laughs> I don't need to watch a weird tiny 3D movie. Yeah, of an oh, artist. Oh my god, that's fucking. What was the best show you saw that weekend? 
Um, weirdly, it's funny. It was, it was mostly stuff that I wasn't expecting to like, like I had, I'm not a, I'm not really an EDM person. Like I don't seek out those shows, Yeah. but I watched Phoenix's set. Mm, fuck. Yeah. Well, they're not, they're electro. Come on. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> At that, they were really good. And there's another one. Shit. I can't remember the name of it. There's another like EDM kind of like electro duo that I saw that was like, it was probably just cool. Cause I had never been in a crowd doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, this yeah. Was like Swedish house mafia era probably before <laughs> they were gone. Yeah. I'm trying to, I wish I could remember who it was. Wait, are they the, the what does the Fox say? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's y- Yilvis. Aren't they sweet? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, barely, I barely remember that lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's funny because probably... I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give probably give the number I don't know number one A and one B spots of uh, of Bonnaroo at least of people I saw uh, to uh, the Flaming Lips who are not at Woodstock '99 and the Roots who 100% were at Woodstock '99 and uh, Black Thought came out wearing a sweater vest and nothing else in 1,000 degrees so that was oh that was God. that was kind of funny when they were interviewing him he was like you know I thought because it was sleeveless it'd be okay I'm like yeah, it's not gonna be okay man. That's going to be fucking crazy hot. But uh, yeah, I think they like they were like the curtain jerker on like day one, it seems like. Or no, no, I take it back. They were after live. Live was the curtain jerker on day one. Oh, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, the roots fucking kicked ass like a pre Fallon roots. I don't know how they are now, but uh, 2000, <laughs> 2008 or whatever. They were fucking awesome. Oh, I remember I saw Wild Flag. And oh, that, it was like that's man. Carrie Brownstein's like other band. Yeah, or something. I like Wild yeah. Flag a lot. That was really that was really cool. I had to look up the lineup because I can't remember a fucking thing I saw. <laughs> <laughs> My memory is so bad. Radiohead was the headliner mm. that I saw, and the Black Keys, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I saw them in 04, man, before they were sold out. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember anything else really speaking to me. Azalea Banks, but she's insane. Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Working at a radio station for so long, I feel like every artist I've seen has like blended into each other. Which is mm-hmm. such a snotty privileged thing to say, but here I am. Yeah, that that, that is unfortunately my truth. The yeah, <laughs> ones that would like come in and play live at KCRW, and yeah, and it was just like, and I had to work concert. I had oh, to work yeah, like yeah, something yeah. like a hundred concerts a year at least. So. Damn. Oh my god! <laughs> so at a certain point, it was like this has stopped being interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> speaking of a concert that was seemingly for no one except for me and like five of my weird friends in Alabama. You did get me into Dwight Yoakam and uh punk band X. Uh, oh which yeah. <laughs> I was literally, I was like, I could think of like five or six of my friends who would be so into this and no one else on the planet. <laughs> like of this specific <laughs> combo of like nineties yeah. country and eighties punk. I was like, well, that's me and shout out to my buddy Trent Tisdale and a few other folks. And that's about it. <laughs> 
That what? was a fucking weird lineup. It was so good. <laughs> who uh, who and, was there? And it, huh? Who went? And it was like it was in the garden outside of CAA. Yeah, right? in the Annenberg Center. Yeah, like uh, yeah, in Century uh, City. So like no parking or anything. But a boy, fucking weird venue, a weird place. Yeah, <laughs> but boy, D- man, Dwight fucking destroyed. It was one of the best shows. And X was great <laughs> too. A venue over there? Were they playing outside? No, it's like it kind of a park. Not, there's like. Yeah, there's like all those. There's like so. There's CAA is in Century City, which yeah, if yeah. you're not in LA, I'm just saying. I know we're talking like we're friends, but also yeah, yeah, people yeah. are listening. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot for a second. Oh sure. Yeah. Um, like it's in a part of Los Angeles where there is nothing. It's like close to Beverly Hills, but it's like there's a mall and then CAA, which is the big agency. Yeah. And uh, they have like office buildings kind of on every side of the this big courtyard and it was in that big courtyard that we had the show. We built out like a huge stage and we could, it was, I think a 4,000 person capacity. Yeah. And we just packed it. And the people who attended that show, I would say were uh, Gen Xers (laughs) 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 and boomers. Like it was like, middle-aged people okay. yeah <laughs> mostly yeah that was the venn diagram of who like gave a shit and it was i think technically a free show but we'd hit capacity like almost immediately ah man that is i a... worked i worked a paul oakenfold show <laughs> <in> the same <laughs> venue wow that is such a weird and that was place. the craziest <laughs> it was the i mean i have a bunch of videos from it that I won't delete off my phone because I was, I was literally standing like between the stage and the crowd, like in that little section. Yeah. yeah. Just like the speakers are so loud. It's like <laughs> it, it, his music has become my heartbeat. And he had these, he had these, those like EDM show, like, steam or not steam that would burn people <laughs> but like those smoke machines yeah just, just shoots burning steam into the crowd those like huge edm show smoke machines and like confetti cannons yeah. and like just when certain beats would drop they just fire off and you just look and like the whole it's built on top of a parking structure so yeah. it's hollow yeah, underneath yeah. Yeah, yeah so the whole crowd is dancing and you can just feel like all of the ground kind of like <laughs> oh <my God>. waving <laughs> with this insane 4000 person crowd it was the craziest thing i've ever seen damn well dwight dwight didn't get quite that lit but uh, it was it was pretty fun <laughs> still pretty fun when he played wild ride boy i got to tell you <laughs> Dwight had um, strict photo rules. I remember that. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was doing social media at you know for the station at the time, and I couldn't. It was we were not allowed to photograph him from beneath him. Oh wow! At all, which is hard to do when he's on stage. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we just like couldn't. You typically we'd allow photographers for the first two songs, and then the photographers had to leave. Yeah. Dwight wouldn't allow. He just wouldn't Whoa. allow any photography damn i took a bunch of good pictures i'll send them to you so you can put them on the twitter so people can see it i took like a bunch of amazing <laughs> pictures of dwight oakum during that show like i had my i had my good camera with me and shit yeah it's that was that was a wild that's yeah that was my job for like a long time was just like attending shit like that all the time yeah. <laughs> i feel like i burnt myself on like music production because of it so yeah. now i watch things like this and i'm like 
this is about the event production being bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is no other problem here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, did we, did, are we rounding the corner? Did I, we cover everything? I think we rounded the corner. I did just want to say shout out to Puff Daddy pretending to like Limp Bizkit. That was great. Uh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> he was, that, that man was putting in full-time work at that time. He wasn't even on the goddamn show. I was like, what is Puffy doing here? Is I'm he like, here. I he, attend everything. He's like trying to get on the bill somehow last minute. He's like, come on, man. Just let me, let me get on here. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mayor the fucking mayor of rome new york being like yeah i was just hanging out with puffy <laughs> yeah so dorky oh, i read an interview with that guy now he's like a state assemblyman or you know uh-huh. like he has like he's still in politics and he doesn't he's like the movie is fine but they're definitely going for something specific and they leave out a lot of information yeah. like including yeah. they they give this two hundred thousand dollar a uh, number is like what was the city of Rome was paid. Yeah. And they say that's all the money Rome made. And he's like, that does not include the sales tax right. that every single business like paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like made in that time, which is more than two. Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine so. <laughs> so thought that was interesting. Oh man. Um. Okay. Well, Three sentences or less. Anyone, anyone into doing that? <laughs> Are we sticking to our, our format? Um, <laughs> uh, Rivers, you want to go first? Sometimes there's a lack of things. <laughs> Sometimes there's an abundance. Today, there's an abundance of joy. We're talking about Woodstock. Peace, love, rage, and titters. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst okay <laughs> him and that's your third sentence him and moby he's the worst him and moby and i know he wasn't even there but john mayer they can all jump off a fucking bridge he might have been there we don't know yeah no, i know who's don't to know say what he was doing uh okay um luke everyone agrees that corn is good <laughs> End of summary. <laughs> All agreed. <laughs> Fucking finally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go. Um, this movie is an absolute hatchet job of new metal in the 2000s. <laughs> and it's ultimately about how boomers don't ever know what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) and end of description (laughs) apologies to any boomers listening Mm. i am glad your grandchildren taught you how to use a (laughs) podcast app Um, (laughs) 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 well we did it we did it uh rivers where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at rivers langley you can check out the podcast the goods from the woods uh we're coming back with weekly episodes very soon i'm just rounding the corner and trying to figure out how to cut a 
nearly six-hour pumpkin in half uh, for the uh, best of the Corona Diaries Volume 2. So look for those coming soon. And also uh, you can check me out on the commentary table ringside at the Brian Kendricks Wrestling Pro Wrestling. We just had our first show back. It was sold the fuck out. The next show is August 27th. I imagine it will also be sold the fuck out. So get your tickets now at twitter.com slash wrestling pw or on facebook facebook.com slash wrestling pro wrestling luke twitter and do you Instagram. have that much stuff to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i never have anything to say <laughs> twitter and instagram at luke f jensen okay and i'm mighty monica it's monica with a k thank you so much for listening mm-hmm.